Hey, Spit and Chicklets listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Hello, fellow gamblers out there. If you listen to the show, you know me and Ryan. We enjoy uh, gaming every once in a while. Mikey does too as well. Uh, if you also enjoy to bet on sports, try out betdsi.com. If you're ready for some real action, give it a whirl. They've got over 20 years in the business, top-rated business. They're safe. Everybody at Barstool plays there. There are no problems paying out. Everybody has no, Everybody gets paid. There are no issues there. Uh, you sign up today. You get a free $10 to try the service uh, if it's your first time playing. We're offering, uh, through BetDSI, 100% bonus on your first deposit. They have great customer service there. Again, fast and easy payment of winnings. You could, there's tons of things to bet on. Uh, you know, me and Ryan always talk about hockey. They got the alternate goal line is, is where some real money could be made. That's that's an option you can't get in Vegas. Uh, you certainly can't get everywhere. Uh, all kinds of things that you, you just don't find everywhere. I bet DSI if you're looking for all kinds of off-the-wall stuff to play. Uh, little props, side stuff, a lot of fun stuff that you can play if you enjoy a variety of things like myself and Ryan do. Uh, even if you want to bet on the election, although the odds are pretty pretty high right now, that that's still on the board if you want to play that, UFC, all that good stuff. Uh, bet DSI even has live in-game wagering for all football, basketball, hockey, well, baseball just ended, but uh, they'll be back up with futures, certainly. They're probably already up there. So play everything you want at BetDSI. So go to BetDSI.com right now. That's BetDSI. Go there and use promotion code SPIT10. Again, promotion code SPIT, S-P-I-T-10, number 10. SPIT10 for your free wages. Start winning today. Get free $10 at get, yeah, BetDSI.com, promotion code SPIT10. Everybody. Welcome back to episode, what are we on, episode three or four? I can't even keep track of the Boston sports version of Spit and Chicklets. Uh, this I'm is Florida Rear Admiral. This uh, is Florida Rear Admiral. Florida, right yes. Now. I'm coming to you live from um, the Sarasota, St. Pete, Tampa area of Florida, down here for the Bruins game tonight. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Mike. Say hello. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm doing well, yeah, guys. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great, you know. I, I, Rear, so you are going to the Bruins. Are you, what, are you wearing a jersey and a hat or just a hat? Um, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a big Jersey guy. First off, oh, it, really? no, I, I, I own a couple, but I'm not a big, I've never been a big wear the Jersey guy to the game. I just, I don't know. I mean, I got a couple of them, but I, I, I always think you go to the game, you, you drink beer, you spill all over them. You kind of ruin them. You spend $200 on them. I mean, why, you know, bring them to a game and spill shitty beer all over them. Not my idea. Of fun, yeah, I hear you. I'm a, yeah, I'm more of a t-shirt, well, probably a hat guy too. You know, just, uh, I got one of the old school, um, not one of the old school B shirts on. So. Yeah, Tampa's a good place for a game. We're looking for it should be a good How's time the barn down there? It's great, man. It's it's a real it's a real good barn down there. It's they they get a real good crowd. I know you know Florida suffers for their reputation more probably from the Panthers. Barn. Not them though. Not no. them. Tampa's yeah, that's a legit place to play. Like I remember when people were saying Stamkos is going to leave. I'm like, what are they talking about? Have they ever been down there? Why the hell would you ever leave Tampa? Yeah, Fuck it's perfect. No tax. Wait, it's really no it's that good of a here. market. It's yeah. unbelievable. They have great fans. Well, first off, the team this year, that's actually who I, I went on PMT, 
And I was, I, I just, I don't know why I thought, well, I said Washington, I think, is going to win the Cup. I, I'm already changing it a day later. I think Tampa's going to win the Cup this year. So the atmosphere is incredible just because of how good the team is. And then the rink's beautiful. They have this, they have the best, like, scoreboard in the arena. You'll see it goes, like, all the way around, Rear Admiral. You'll see it tonight. It's, it, have you been down there before? Yeah, I'll, come on, man. I was down there in 04. I'll, I'll oh, actually got, sorry, I'll I to, forgot. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to find there. the picture I tweeted out from... Um, you, you, you were drinking out of the cup, and you didn't win it, I remember. That's like, you've probably done that five times. <laughs> no, I, I didn't drink out of it that night. That was that, that was the night I unexpectedly... I left the building after Game 7 and somehow got back inside. I, I still don't know how I was I was obliterated, and they let me back in the building. <laughs> in a Bruins hat, right? Um, no, that was a... That was a Stanley Cup. That was in in Pittsburgh. Oh, just okay. Okay. Camp breaks. I got back in the building, and my a buddy I was with was his friends with like uh, Marty St. Louis, and I ended up back inside and ended up like drinking with like Marty St. Louis and Brad Richards <laughs> till like four o'clock in the morning, and, like telling him I wo- I woke up in Boston and like my friend was like, hey dude, I can get you a ticket if you can get down here. I'm like, dude, I'm at work, man. And he's like, I'm he's like, come and on, dude. get down. So I fake sick, and then I, I ended up flying down spur of the moment down to Boston. I mean, down to Tampa, and ended up going to Game Seven, and you know. Potting with the Stanley Cup after I'll look, I'll look for the picture. I'll tweet it out. It's like Marty San Louis in the middle, like holding a giant beer can, like all his friends around him, like half my face in the background, like cut off. So <laughs> I'll, I'll try to dig it out. Yeah, that was that was like your scene in the town. It's like your scene in the town when you were the chef. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Except I don't know if this was his Oscar worthy, but we'll see. You know. Um. Yeah. So we were texting last night. That baseball game. Are you shitting me? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Are you shitting me? That was the best sporting event I think I've ever watched. I mean, World Series, you know, baseball. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've never been that excited and on the edge of my seat. I bet on the Cubs, but I wasn't even – it was bizarre. I wasn't even, like, thinking about, like, the money. And then for, like, a time, I wanted, like, Cleveland to win just to see the heartbreak of Cubs fans. And in the end, I was happy for whoever won, but that was just a crazy – the most crazy viewing experience I've ever had of a big sporting event. I, I couldn't believe what was happening. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see the ratings. Uh, I mean, I know the f- game, I think it was game five broke all the Cleveland NBA uh, ratings from, you know, the, the most recent finals when they won. So, I mean, the game six and seven raids are, are going to be through the roof. It was exactly what baseball needed. Like, I mean, you know, baseball, I wouldn't say it's been struggling, but it's it's definitely not. Yeah, no, popular. it's not what it was. Definitely not ne- nearly as popular as, as it was at one time. But, I mean, I mean, last night at a quarter past 11, I'm getting texts from my wife saying, uh, can you believe this? How exciting is this? Like, she's someone like I got to like twist around just to watch a playoff game. And, and now she's, you know, she's texting me from, from up north, like saying, can you believe this? This is unbelievable. This like, I'm like, gee, that, You're like, that wait, just... what happened? What are you, are you talking about housewives? Real yeah, 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 like, yeah, no, no, exactly. I'm like, Oh, those, are those real housewives acting up again, honey? You know, but I it was like, no, it was just indicative of, of how, how much this series just grabbed everybody and pulled them in. I mean, you had, you know, two franchises, one, one had, had one in 108 years and another one, I think, what, 68 or something. And, you know, like I said, someone's got to go home. Someone's got to go home crying and upset. But uh, I, but I, mean, I was so happy that that scumbag Chapman gave up that home run. I hate that guy. I've yeah. always hated him. And, and he can't and he's just been so good. But they used him the night before. There was all the dramatics about did they did they overuse him when they were up nine two? And then he comes in like, what's he going to do? It's all on Joe Madden. And he gives up a two, two run tying home run in the eighth inning. I love that. Uh, just to see, because I hate Chapman. He's a scumbag. He beat his wife. He's a rat. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it sucks like that. You know. I mean, it's 
this stuff, I mean, obviously went on for, for you know, hundreds of years with athletes and, and the media obviously covered up or whatever. But, you know, we know so much more about what, what, when these guys do shitty things. And, yeah, definitely when you watch the game, that stuff comes a factor. And you're like, oh, oh 100%. Well, if they're going to blow it, good. I'm glad I'm glad it's going to be on on this asshole if they do end up. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, exactly. But, of course, they, they did they did end up holding on. And, you know, even Cleveland made a, a late run. I mean, even, you know, the bottom, bottom of the, what the hell was it, the 10th there, it was just, you just didn't know if they were going to come back and extend it again. It was just an amazing series. And, you know, I mean, one of the one, one of those ones you're going to remember in, you know, 30, 40 years, where, where were you? And you know, everybody's going to remember where they were, you know? How, I know. Just, how, it, how, I, I was getting reminded of when we were, when the Sox won it, the Boston people, just like seeing old people cry and stuff. It was beautiful. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of that, a lot of old people videos of, you know, grandpa, grandma watching, the, you know, their team win it. But, you know, as fun as it is and as awesome as it is, and, you know, another week or two people in Chicago, their lives are going to be the same in two weeks. Not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer, but basically it's fun while it lasts. But at the end of the day, you know, life goes, <laughs> life goes on. You know, no, Basically, no, you're no. saying enjoy your shitty job next week the Cubs fucking won who cares good basically, luck basically yeah I mean I went to you know St. Louis when the Sox won and you know about a week or two later I mean I made some money I was oh, awesome great time then you know like two weeks later it's like you know your life fundamentally doesn't change really one bit I mean maybe if you're a crazy dedicated fan it might and you, you know you get a little bounce in your stuff but you know a month later if, you, if, if, you're, if your life gets changed by a team winning a title like two three weeks later you're kind of a sicko I mean I respect it but I, I can see exactly what you're saying I don't know how that would happen yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's you, you, you got to have a little fun. Unless you met a rock, unless you met a rock at the night they won it, and then just started hooking up with her, and then you, you know, you had that going for you. I guess that'd be a good life changer. Yeah, right? that's a that's an interesting <laughs> take. Yeah, if you meet the woman of your dreams after your team wins it, there's some intrinsic value there of connecting it. But there yeah, you go. I mean, it, it's fun. It's great. It's all that, and you know, in Boston, we've had what eight eight of them in the last fifteen years. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it's it, it's nice. It's a new T-shirt and a new hat. But you know, at the end of the day, you still you still got to go to work and hump for eight hours a day to you know pay your mortgage and have your kids snot all over you. So you know, exactly, life, is, life still goes on, even though it's fun. That's that's a basic message out of it. So uh, we talked about um, NHL in terms of NHL news. The Montreal Canadiens continue to friggin just dominate the entire league. Carey Price is unbeatable. He's not even giving up goals, it seems like. So I think that they, they this might be for real. I don't think they're going to end up breaking any records in terms of wins, but this is another year where Price comes back, and I think we're going to end up seeing the Canadians as one of the top four seeds in the East. And then once they get in the playoffs, it seems like anything can happen. Let me ask you, Ryan, do you buy into the notion – that a team can peak too early. Is that something that happens in the NHL? We hear that, you know, we heard it about the Bruins a few, a few times. They peaked too early. I mean, I think, I think I, some guys doing high school, some guys doing college, but the hockey teams actually peak too early in the NHL. It's, it's funny because if you're a really good team and, and you know, it's a team like Chicago, when they come out and they have a start, you're never wondering, like, oh, are they peaking too early? It's just, oh, they're this, are they, you know, they're this good. We're not that surprised. But then you see teams like Montreal where it wasn't expected uh, and Edmonton where it wasn't expected. And that's when the peak too early conversation comes up because it's never happened. It never happens with teams before the year that are picked. If Washington was off to a lightning hot start, no one would be like, oh, I wonder if this, if they're peaking too early. Like, no, they're just this good. They're going to be this good all year. So, in terms of like talent and how deep a team is, I think you can peak a little early. 
But in the end, like, what are you going to do? It's it's something that just doesn't even it has, nobody has any effect over. If you're playing good, you're playing good. It doesn't matter what time of the year it is, and you want to continue it as long as it is. So, it's tough to kind of be a player on a team and actually think for any moment like, wow, we're peaking too early. You know, I was in Pittsburgh and we started off red hot my second year and people were saying like you guys are just you know you, th- you think you could continue this pace and like everyone in the locker room you I mean you're answering stupid questions from media like that but all you're thinking is like we're just playing like as good as we usually can i don't really we're not thinking about we're peaking you just try to win every game so right. i mean it, not- it, exactly you know what i mean it doesn't make it, it can happen but nobody even knows it's happening if that's the case right you're not going to con- you're not going to consciously um draw back like oh we're playing too good we better shit the bed tonight so we don't peak yeah, and, you, and, and you don't even think you don't even think like oh like well, this is this is going to end here you know, there's no part of your brain when you're winning you know you win 10 of your first 14 games no one in their head's going to be like oh i wonder when this is going to end it's just not even realistic yeah but i i mean and then you know there is the the well i know there's been a couple teams in the last 20 years but you know the whole team that wins the president's trophy they they really don't they don't often win the cup and you know, I don't. I don't know if a team that wins a Presidents Trophy peaks too long. But you know, is it something that they 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 almost have too much intensity during the year where they they you know they you know, obviously you're paid, you're gonna go out and play, be professional every game. But obviously there are some nights where teams just kind of don't show up. But you know, yeah, I mean that's teams, natural. That's the teams get spent though. Do I mean a team that like you know does win the Presidents Trophy? Does, you know, by the end of the year, I mean, is it possibility they are spent maybe somewhat emotionally or physically? No, I don't even. I don't even think that. I, I think it's the almost the complete opposite because when you, I think a lot of times you see the issues with President's Cup trophy winning teams is that the, the last like month two months of the season it's not it's not the competitiveness and, and being exhausted it's that they're like laying back you know they don't need to win these games they're not you see teams like so many times you, you go your team goes on a run gets the eighth seed in the playoffs and then they go to the finals because they've been playing playoff games four weeks five six weeks prior to the regular season ending. All those games are playoff games for those teams. And then some of the, the teams that finish with the best record in the league, the, the last month, they, they haven't played a real meaningful game. So I think that's kind of the what the issue's been in terms of when you win the President's Cup, you very rarely win the, win the Stanley Cup. And I think partly is that you, it's tough to turn it back on for the playoffs. If you're just chilling for a month or two at the end of the year and you're winning games on your skill and how good you are, you don't need to win games to turn it back on right when the, the playoff starts can be tough. And that's why you see teams get upset all the time. They get right. complacent. They get complacent, Mikey. Dude, there he is, Mikey Grinelli. Complacent. Other, what a word. The other thing, too, is uh, what I don't like about the Canadians winning this much is that the, the puck line prices, just they suck at this when they're at home. Like last night, Vancouver. I know. It's like, oh yeah, they, you know, you, you're gonna jump on them because they've been killing the puck line, and, and they're only with the way they like a plus one forty or one fifty last night in the puck line. It's not even not even worth playing, but you got to get the Canadians on the road. That's when you get a, a nice puck line price on them. Yeah, and they're still good. They're still good on the road. But listen, how about I? I didn't tell you guys this last Saturday night. Um, I saw that Vancouver was playing at home against Washington. Washington had lost to. Edmonton uh, two nights before. They had a day off. Vancouver played the night before. So they're coming off a back-to-back. Washington's coming in rested off a loss. I'm like, boom, pound. Pounded Washington. Pounded them on the puck line. I wake up. I stayed up through the first two periods. They were up. I fall asleep, wake up. 5-2 Washington. I'm like, boom, perfect. Great hit. Sign on to the friggin' site. I bet it on Vancouver. 
I took Vancouver oh. in both of them. I clicked it in the wrong spot. Oh. oh, that's that's oh, the that, that's the worst. I, I thought you were gonna say you, you forgot the password. my own head in. What? I thought you were gonna say you forgot the password, which is. Oh no! When you forget to do the, I no no I forgot. I just put it on the wrong team. <laughs> oh well, that would have been that would have been much better than and putting the password and then putting the wrong goddamn team in like you did. Oh my god! I exactly. It's not a loss. Hey, hey! By the way, nice appearance on on uh, PMT. We got another huge bump. I'll tell you, man. If you ever if you ever need your, your podcast to, to rocket to the top of the chart, just to just have somebody on your show going. Pardon my take. Yeah, that show is those guys. Uh, it's like unreal. I don't know how you stay on that 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 entire time. They never really take a moment off, and they just feed off each other. So you you you're kind of battling back and forth with them a little bit. You got to stay on your toes. You got to stay woke, as they say. Yeah, you definitely got to stay woke with, with PFT there. No, that that was that was good stuff. We uh, we definitely got a got a nice little bump uh, from you being on the show. But going back to going back to the uh, to skates, we had a, a real good story earlier in the week. Um, Craig Anderson from Ottawa, the goaltender, who was actually a short time Bruin. He never actually got in a game. I think he was a backup for like two or three games here. But he's been a man up in um, number one guy up in Ottawa for the last couple of years. Well, his wife got diagnosed with cancer. And he was away from the team for a couple of days. His first game back, um, I believe, I, I think it was, I might have been over the weekend. I forget exactly what date. It don't matter. He was in Edmonton. You know, his his wife implored him to go back. Said, I want, you know, the team needs you. I want you to go back. And he listened to his wife. His first game back, he shuts out Edmonton, in Edmonton. And they, they had been about the hottest team in the league before then. And he got the number one star of the game. And, you know, he was very emotional after, as expected. But, uh, but what really got me watching that was, Seeing Cam Talbot, the goalie for Edmonton, actually come out. You know, once a guy are off the ice, they go in the locker room, and they, they only come out if they are one of the three stars. And Talbot came out just to give a, a, an ovation to Craig well, Anderson. Talbot, Talbot was one of the stars, and then he well, okay. and then and then he just waited. And he, well, that's what I mean. Right? They usually kind yeah. of, if they do come out, they just kind of twirl and then go back. And yeah, he yeah. made sure to, to linger in the hallway to uh, in the little walkway there to, to give him a. Uh, an applause too. It's just one of those, you know, things that if you've seen any sport, it's just a real touching moment. And, you know, Craig Anderson was obviously pretty emotional about it, but like watching Cam Talbot just kind of wait there and get to give that applause. It was a pretty special thing to see. Obviously it sucks that have to deal with another cancer story, but to, to have a, a, you know, a nice little video like that, it was, you know, it warms the cockles of your hat, as they say. I liked, uh, I liked, cockles of your hat. I, 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 what really got me was when he was in the, the hallway by himself and he kind of just crouched yep. over and, you yep. know, he was kind of just, you know, taking it all in and you could tell, you know, it, it, not that anyone would ever make it, you know, about themselves and make, make it kind of a scene, but you could tell it wasn't that. And it was kind of him, how much like, you know, it really meant to him. Yeah. And I think that, I think that the best thing I read, um, was that it's so true that as a, as an athlete, a former athlete had written this, that when you're, when you're dealing with things off the ice, um, your time on the ice is actually like, it's, it's like your, your release, you know? And so, what happens is when you're going through really hard things like that, you actually get off the ice. And you saw that was right when he got off the ice and they told him he was first starter. So it's a wait. And that's when it, you're just, you know, for a fact, then it all comes out because the game's over. Your job's done. You did your job. And now you get back to real life stuff. So when you're playing and I had experience in this with in Pittsburgh, my mom had a brain tumor and she was going through surgery to have it removed. So it was a really t- trying time for, you know, my family and myself. And in that, we would, I would play games and I would be okay. And then you just, the game ends and you start thinking about it. 
So I totally could see where he was coming from, and that's probably where it all hit him. And it was just, it was total emotion. It was like some things are supposed to happen that way, and they did for him just to have that great of a game and know that right away his wife came to his mind. So that was a great story for hockey. Unfortunately, hopefully she's okay. We send our thoughts and prayers, but that was some special viewing that night. Yeah, it was it was a good scene again. Unfortunately, the, the scenario has to play out, but it, it was it was quite a thing. It kind of got lost in the shuffle over the weekend, I think, with football in the World Series and a lot going on. So that, that was and nice it was thing. up in Canada, so you never you know it never makes its way down really that often. If it's two Canadian teams, you don't see it that often in the U.S. Sports Center. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so we, last week we had uh, we had um, debut. Uh, of the segment of All Right Hamilton, uh, we we had some pretty good success for all. We had our first T-shirt winner. Um, I have who won the T-shirt? Who won the T-shirt? It's uh, at I want to say is it Sean, Sean Sullivan? Sullivan? I, think. I I don't have the exact thing in front of me, but I have his address. I got I told him I'm down Florida. I'm going to get the shirt out to him next week. Uh, people seem to take to it. They you know, use the hashtag. We got a lot of questions. I know Mikey rounded up a few of them. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna shoot through a few of those right now, Mikey. What do you got, pal? All right, let's start it off. Uh, Joseph Tower, and he spelt it Joseph J O S E F, nice and European like. Little little oh, like Joseph Stumple. Like yeah, Joseph exactly. Stumple. Yep, yep, yep. We didn't have throwback, to throwback. So Joseph says, "Hey, stool chicklets, is the combination of speed, four scoring lines, and Hank enough for the Rangers to win the East and the Cup?" Hashtag. All right, Hamilton. All right, Hamilton. All right, Hamilton. All right, all right. You could take this one from the start. I'm gonna give you my opinion. Um, I think they they probably got enough for forward depth when you got a, a guy like Hank who can steal games for you. I don't know is is their D gonna be good enough for for them as uh, Diego's on. I guess that would probably be a bit of a concern. I know they got some miles on them. You know, guys who were producing a little bit better a few years ago aren't as good as they used to be on the ranges. Um, I think with Hank, anything can happen, man. A guy like that, when he gets hot in the playoffs, he can he can steal games for you. But, you know, the Rangers' window, I think, is closing with Hank. Um, I don't think they have, you know, they had Talbot in the pipeline. They obviously traded him to Edmonton. But, you know, they got to do this on Hank's window because they, without him, I, I don't see I don't see how the Rangers are going to win without having a number one goalie. So I, I, as much as the Rangers did replenish, bringing in Jimmy Vesey, which he got six goals near the, near the top of the league, he's having a great start. Um, I, I also do feel the Rangers have a, a window here, and if it, you know they don't win in the next couple of years with Hank, uh, you know they're going to have to go out and find themselves a number one goalie. Well, so I, unfortunately, with a place like New York, you can just go out and sign a guy if if there is a, a guy available out there, but. I don't know. I don't. Um, yeah, I, would, I don't. I wouldn't consider them a favorite. Their D are just. It, it, and the thing is, it's such a forward-driven league now. But you still see once the playoffs come, you got to be able to defend. So I love their forwards up front. You'll see that Pavel Buknevich is going to make noise. I played against him in the KHL when he was 18. Really good player that just got back in the lineup. He was injured. Um, Kevin Hayes has had a huge bounce back year. Rick Nash has as well. Rick Nash talked about Kevin Hayes, how he lost 20 pounds this summer. Um, I see him around Boston. He's a great guy. And to see him put that effort in this summer, I was not not the least a bit surprised to see him start off this well. And in terms of easy, I mean, he's been he's been probably he's probably exceeded my expectations, which is tough. And I think I knew a little bit about him. So it it changed as opposed to all hockey fans just heard about this kid. So they they might even expected more more just because of all the buildup he had. But no one, you know, the type of player he was. I didn't. I didn't think he'd hop off this start. I heard uh, guys in the summer who skated with him said they wouldn't be surprised if he got 30 goals this year. And I thought they might have just been saying that. But now, I mean, 25, 30 is realistic after the start he's had. So, the thing that the thing that's upsetting for him is he has uh, 
more goals than Austin Matthews. Um, he has, I think, you know, he's third in rookie scoring, and you don't even hear about him. You know, it's 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 Austin Matthews and William Nylander in Toronto, um, and Patrick Laine in Winnipeg. So it's like you know the Canadian media gets round, and unfortunately, VZ could get thirty goals, and I still don't think he'd have a sniff at, at rookie of the year just because of you see him being a little bit older, and you can already tell that 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 he's not going to really get much noise for that award. Which and it's kind of ironic too, playing in New York City, where typically guys who play there don't, you know, it's not often accused of oh, no one, no one hears about them. They play in New York, no one knows what knows about them. But like you said, guy like Austin Matthews playing Line A, uh, you know, there's all these kind of uh, hyped guys who were drafted top five. They're kind of st- stealing his thunder. But I think if he just keeps doing what he's doing, we'll certainly hear his name at the end of the year when they're talking about the Calder. Yeah, exactly. And then on on. I, I agree, but and then in the in their defense, the Rangers, like you said, I just that's where their team's weak. And um, you know, a guy like Mark Stahl and Dan Girardi, still guys who you know make plays, but they just they've lost the they've lost a step. And Mark Stahl's had a bounce back year to start, but um, their D just isn't that deep. And Ryan McDonough, I think, is a great player, uh, number one defenseman, but you just need a, a little a little bit more. And, and that's not to say that Stahl and Girardi couldn't really. Find a, find a little uh, in the tank uh, as opposed to last year at the end of this year and really kind of get going and play some of their best hockey. But it's just tough because foot speed kind of matters now. I went through it. Um, you see a guy like Girardi who's a warrior block shots, but just once you lose that half step, the game becomes a lot harder. Um, you just can't be in areas that you were before no matter how good positionally you are. So I think we've seen a little bit of that from him, but in the end it'll be the, the Rangers' defense that kind of lets them down if they do go on to – to have a quick playoff exit or not finish top of the East. Taking a quick, a quick look out West at the bottom of the standings, two teams that uh, you, you would probably expect to see at, at the top. Instead, it looks flip-flopped. Uh, Los Angeles and Nashville. Um, Los Angeles obviously lost Jonathan Quick, a huge loss for them. They got to go with uh, Peter Budai and Jeff Zatkoff. That sounds like, like an 80s villain in like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. That name, and then Nashville. Vecarene has been struggling. They're obviously missing Shea Weber. Of those two teams, uh, Ryan, if one of them's not going to make the playoffs, which team of Nashville and LA? Only one of them can make the playoffs. Who's it going to be? I think Nashville makes it. I think you're going to see them at some point in the season put a little string together. LA, they don't have a goalie. The Kings and. They don't have a goalie, and and but listen. So number one and number two and number three reasons that they're going through this is they don't have Jonathan Quick. But you got to look at, like, LA's getting older. You know, you you see guys that are now 31, 32 years old. That like I said before, with some of the players in the Rangers, you just lose a little bit. You know, Dustin Brown I think's just lost a little bit. He still plays hard and is a leader for that team. But you know, Andre Kopitar's the captain now, and then you see on D they're just battling injuries. It's just it's when you when you're battling injuries to start a year, unless everyone ends up coming back healthy, which very rarely happens. It's so hard to rebound from it because you just get off to such a a slow start based on not having guys. And then as the time as the time goes on and people do recover and and other guys come back. Well, then you see other guys get injured a lot of times because they've been overplayed and overused. Well, while they were trying to make up for when their their teammates were injured earlier in the year. So it's kind of this vicious cycle where I could see L.A. kind of fall into. and Nashville, I mean, it's it's been a weird start. I think losing your captain and getting in a, a strong, loud personality like PK is really kind of – it's different for a team. 
Um, but they got Pecorine, and he's going to be there. So Nashville, I think, will get in, and I could totally see L.A. missing, which is crazy to say now. I, I see well, them as two teams trending in, in a different direction, don't you guys? You know, one team's kind of just looking to find their step and, and get it going in Nashville, and then you have a team in L.A. who's kind of, you know, kind of falling off. Yeah, yeah, and I think that Nashville will find it. Um, but you look at L.A., and, like, Alec Martinez is a defenseman. He's leading their team in points. He has seven points through ten games. I mean, you know, so you, you, need, you need guys to – I think Kopitar could be way better, which I'm surprised about because people don't – or people forget that as the PMT guys like to say that, that Kopitar, Kopitar is Patrice Bergeron out west. I mean, in a sense, can be even better than him offensively. So, yeah. I mean, that, he's a superstar that's off to a slow start. Um, but Jeff Carter's a little bit older. I think Drew Doughty's a superstar, and he'll be there. But it's just weird that their team, uh, it seems to not be clicking. And when your goalie's out, it's just kind of led through that. So they're, they're in different directions. Um, it's just all about if they can actually turn around. Nashville will. Yeah, I, I think Nashville, they, I think the pots are there. And, if, again, they're, they're missing Weber. They added uh, Subban. They just, I think they're just trying to recalibrate, basically. Whereas the Kings, man, you know, it just shows you how important a goaltender is and you know, and you saw it with Montreal last year with Price. It's the exact it, same thing. Bingo. You know, that's a great that's a great comparison, Ryan. Is you know, like LA, you know, it, it's like, okay, even if guys aren't going or, or doing their best, but you know, if, if the guy in the between the pipes isn't making the saves when you need it, then it's it does it doesn't matter almost. It so doesn't often. matter. Now, it doesn't how, matter. How does like, you know, I mean how does that go in the room like when when it's the obvious glaring weakness of a team is they, they're two goaltenders and I mean you know is it on like the tip of guys tongues to say something or you just is it just accepted and acknowledged that people just don't say it like how does that go when that when that's the obvious problem in the room like well if you're gonna can, I mean if you're gonna be the way you, if you're gonna be a pro you know you're not talking about it you know maybe once in a while a couple guys are just you know they're close buddies on the team they're always going to dinner together and they're like jesus fuck we need this guy to mix in a save like you know that might come up um uh, but it's never talked about in the room i mean especially when when you're when your goalies are struggling and especially in la's term where it's a call up and you got guys who are you know usually wouldn't be playing it's it's just try to support and try to play as hard as you can to help these guys out because Nobody wants to see anyone struggle. I mean, especially one of your teammates, you know. You hate yeah. seeing guys around the league who struggle and get ripped on. I remember playing and you'd start seeing guys getting ripped and nobody likes seeing that. It's it's the worst part of the job. I mean, it is what it is. It'll always happen. But it's so when it's your teammate going through that too, you just you want to play as hard as as, as you can for, for him and, and just hope that he figures it out. But it's goalies are crazy. I mean, everyone knows how weird they are. And when their confidence gets shot, it's – it's like they really can't stop a thing, and it's crazy to see because there'll be at times when they're so on that it's that you, you, they make saves that that are like amazing to you constantly in practice and games when they're feeling it, and then when they're off, it's the complete opposite. You're shocked something like that could go in. Yeah, some days some days it's like a beach ball, some days it's like a Super Bowl. I've been there. I mean, I, I can relate, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you were a goalie, eh? Street hockey. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I don't think yeah, yeah, I don't no think I don't deal, think no I'm a I don't shine shoes no more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, oh. and, but also too, like if you know, if you got a captain who's vocal or a guy a, a vocal lead in the room who calls out guys who are playing like shit, I mean they generally don't. They generally leave the goalie alone. Like I mean, if a defenseman has a four turnover period and a guy's gonna call him out, but I mean a goalie. Generally, they ain't going to say yeah. shit to him because he's the goalie, right? They're just like, you don't have to remind the goalie he's having a bad night. He knows that they don't need the captain calling him out in the room. That's, all that's I, why, and that's why I couldn't stand Michelle Tarion because in the minors, my first year, the original original lockout, 
I think it was 2004, 2005, um, Tarion was coaching our team in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and Fleury was our goalie. And he, he had a great start to the year. We were a good team. And then in the middle of the year, he's 19 years old, started struggling a little bit. And Tarion came in after the second period one time and just – he would scream at the French guys in French, and then the English guys he'd scream at in his nasty French accent. And it was just like everyone's just waiting to get ripped on. So he comes in, he's – he reeks like cigarette smoke. He just ripped the dart right before he comes in, and he starts screaming at Fleury in French. And everyone's just, like, looking down. And Fleury just looked really upset. I mean, 19 years old, this kid was, he, you know, he didn't expect or really deserve this. And um, so he, he goes to the bathroom, Terry and storms out, and I asked the guy, Elaine Nazardine, he's now the assistant coach in, in for the New Jersey Devils. I said, what did he just say? <laughs> he said, Said, you're the worst fucking first overall pick I've ever seen in my life. That's what he said in French. I was like, holy shit. No wonder Flory looked upset. Like, you don't do that to a fucking goalie, but he did. And I remember thinking, like, you could say that to a player, but a goalie could just, that could just crush him. Every every time you're up Montreal, you hear, like, French speaking, I always think, like, this guy could definitely work at a strip joint. <laughs> like when they announce it, he probably like, does. He probably when they does. Announce up the there. names like Bazile, Stage One, Bazile, Monique, Dev Leopard, pour some sugar on me. <laughs> that's probably. That's, that, I think you should go work up there doing that. Um, yeah, I'll tell you, they, you know what? One of the most underrated parts of um the, the high end strip joints in Montreal is the fucking buffets, man. I'll tell you, it's been a while. I mean. Since I was eighteen and eighteen, so you'd go. In, you'd probably go in at like three and hang out, have dinner, like just perfect, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. buffets! You get there at three o'clock in the afternoon, and you pie <laughs> by five, and they're and they're putting that spread out. Come on, what am I gonna walk to Burger King down, down St. Catherine Street? No, dude. Wait, wait, Mikey Grinnell, are you freaking out? Do I hear you yelling about something? Well, yeah, I, I I've been to these a few strip clubs on St. Catherine Street, and I never got the buffet. I, I missed out. Dude, they probably Bro. didn't want to bring it out for you. You didn't look as uh, classy and uh, ready to spend some money as R.A. I'm not R.A. No, R.A., the most interesting man in the world. So yeah, exactly. There used to be, uh, I, I was uh, Cleopatra's. It was kind of like the, um, what's that fucking dump in the combat zone that's still open in, 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 in downtown? You know, what's. Oh, naked, I'm the naked eye. My buddy, I'm down here off the top. He's like raising his hand like it's class. Like, yeah, the naked eye. Like that's like you know across from Centerfold. It's like having a Morton's across from McDonald's. And we were up <laughs> fucking. We were up Cleopatra's one time, and it's like the naked eye of Montreal. And you know, real dive. You know, you go in there and get the day start or whatever. You know, when you're up, up Friday at like noon or something. Just a so, real degenerate place. Uh, so this is like the worst place I had to build a nest. I, I mean, my stomach was an eruption. I couldn't make oh it back to the hotel. <laughs> I, I looked like fucking set. It looked like they were filming Sesame street in the bathroom. Cause the fucking nest I had on the toilet was so fucking big. It's like, dude, you know, oh, I'm going to puke. I'm going to, no, no. So, so listen, so, so I'm fucking, you know, I had a, I had to go. So I built a nest. I'm sitting there. All of a sudden I, I, I hear the door open. I look down and I see my buddy's sneakers. Now he doesn't know where I'm in there. And uh, he comes in the strip joint, and I rec- and I goes, hey. And he's like, what? I goes, I'll finish you off for 50. And he fucking ran out of the oh. bathroom. <laughs> he, he had no idea it was me in there dropping a two. And fucking, he's like, some guy just come in the back. He goes, that was me on the fucking throne, you nut. <laughs> I told him I'd finish him for 50 and scared the shit out of him. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Holy shit. That's oh, when I you just- get out of Cleopatra's, dude. That's time to go. No, oh, oh, what happened? They put up. They played that song, "Lady in Red." <laughs> the lady in red came out, and she was about a three, and they cleared the place out. It was like, all right, see you later. <laughs> Time to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, I missed that city. Oh, 
All right, we need another uh, question, Mikey. <laughs> All right, so this is from Nick Jesse. He says, Stool Chicklets, will the Blue Jackets ever be real contenders with Torts as their coach? Hashtag, All right, Hamilton. All right, Hamilton. No. That's no. all I'm saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, when a Columbus, they seem like they were on the cusp of, you know, becoming a, a semi-contender there for a while. And then uh, it just kind of imploded since then. And we thought Yamo Kikalainen was probably better than he's been in, in that job there so far. They just can't get over the hump. I don't think Tortorella it was the right move. Um, he sucks. I, I don't know. I mean, Bobrovsky looks like a uh, fantastic world beater one, one night. Uh, and then the next night, i.e. the night I bet him, he lets in a shit goal from Drew Doughty from the circle. Oh, you've been bitching say. about this for a week oh, now. Dude, it was a fucking Dynamite 2900, bro. Come on. I'm going to bitch about it. Oh, that sucks. Sorry, did so I say that? Got, oh, did I say got, that out loud? Are we taping? <laughs> I will cut that out. <laughs> you got a, you got a, you got a, uh, you got a, you got Bobrovsky, dude. Yeah, fuck him. That's I ain't just what it is. Place. Dude, I had Pittsburgh last night, puck line out in Anaheim. They're another scuffling team, although they, they they pulled it together. But I'm looking here. Winnipeg, dude, they're another team out west. Jacob Truber, they missing Jacob Truber right now. Are they going to do something to improve the team? What are they going to do with Truber? Uh, uh, it's, this, it's the crazy. It it's makes zero sense to me. And, and it's if you don't sign by December 1st, you can't play this year. No matter what happens with any team, any trade, you got to be signed by December first. There's a new rule since the last CBA where you can't just sit out and come back in January. So this kid's got to figure it out. I don't know if at this point he's so set against playing for Winnipeg. I don't know if Winnipeg now doesn't want him back. I find that hard to believe because I've heard Kevin Chevelday off say, "Listen, we're doing the best thing that we can for this team. We really like him as a player. He's the one that wants to be traded, and he's like, well, we're not budging." So. Is this kid not going to give in and sign a one, two-year deal to play this year, make some money? Because forget not development. Forget being – me thinking back to when, when I was his age, 22, 23. It's probably my biggest years of development as a player. So when you really gain confidence, you get stronger. He's played two NHL seasons. Get to that third, fourth. Start becoming the dominant defenseman you want to be. So forget all of that development he's losing not playing. He's not even getting paid. What the right. fuck? He's not yeah, even getting a paycheck. Yeah, it's a, I mean it's a it's a principal thing you're doing, but at the same time, man, you know you 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 your whole like fucking, obje- fucking cash, bro. Yeah, your whole objective is to play hockey and get paid for it, and you're not fucking doing either right now. So you know what so kind of weird. advice you're getting? Is it worth and, it? Oh, you know. And they're, but, it's it, you know it's similar. It's it's real similar. It it's actually not it's not similar because Jonathan Drouin had a contract last year, but in a way it's similar to him with Tampa last year, and he just said, "Listen, I, I want to be traded," but he was under contract, so they suspended him. So that was even more ridiculous on his end. But Eiserman stood pat. He said, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not doing – you're not telling me what to do. I'm doing whatever I want to do for this team. And trading you I don't think is the best thing for it. So either get on the program or sit at home. So Truba, he doesn't have a deal. So it's a little different than that. But Kevin Sheveldayoff is doing the same thing in Winnipeg. He's saying, I'm not doing anything you tell me to do unless I think it's best for the team. So you can sit there all you want, but you're the one not playing. You're the one not getting paid. I just happen to be missing one of my top, you know, five defensemen. He's the third pairing defenseman on the right side. That's his problem. He wants to be on the 
top two units, but it's yeah. Bufflin and Tyler Myers. Wait, how how much of a difference, you know, as a defenseman, especially like you said, a young developing defenseman, how much of a you know difference does it make? You know, I I played defense growing up as well, and and if you stuck me oh, on the left you, side, oh, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Mikey Grinelli, fucking Larry Robinson, no shit, over here. Mikey. No, but I mean, if you <laughs> you threw me on the left side, you throw me on the right side, I could give a shit less. I mean, does it oh, does yep, it really yep. matter? Does it really matter yep. that much to you? It, this is this has been a thing that's been like Mike Babcock, um, the inventor of hockey. He's huge on this. You you have to play. The, you have to be mm. a righty on the right side and a lefty on the left side. I played my first four years as a right defenseman on the left side, and I loved it. Offensively, you always have a one timer. Um, walking the line, it's easier. Uh, going back on pucks, you're wheeling on your forehand around the net. The issue can be that when you get the puck on a D to D pass. And then you have your blind side is all up the ice. So a lot of times defense want you to be able to see up ice as you get the puck instead of getting it behind your body as a lefty or a righty when you're playing the offside. So I, I liked playing it, but it's more coaches that seem that it, it, they think defensemen struggle. I don't. I think a lot of guys playing that are lefties and righties would have no problem playing the offside because that's the same way I was and the guys I played with. Nobody really minds. What do you guys think happens? How does this all? How does this all? I think. I think he's going to be playing for Winnipeg this year. I think I I, I don't think they're going to move him. And and he's, he's is he going to sit out the whole year? Like, are you telling me November thirtieth, Winnipeg's like take this deal, and if you have a good year, you're going to sign with somebody. If it's not us, he's not going to take that. Yeah, you can even take a fucking one year deal just to play and you know whatever. Just I to mean, play, it's, you know, it maybe some... it comes down to midnight, November thirtieth, or whatever. How many days in November? I never know that, but whatever it comes, whatever it comes down to, I think he plays for him. If, and if Winnipeg keeps scuffling, you got to think that's leverage for, for Trouber. I mean, yeah, he know. wants them to struggle. The, the worse they play, the better for for him. But yeah. I, I mean, they, they're not trading them unless they get what they want back, and that's a young demon and probably a pick. And what team's going to give that when this this kid hasn't even played? So you got to think this year he's not going to be very good. <laughs> I think it's Vancouver. Just, I think Vancouver heard us talking about him a couple weeks ago because they lost every single game since we mentioned. This. They had won four in a row or something. Yeah, but I bet I, I I bet a load on them when when I actually didn't mean to. So of course uh, I'm that's, the loser in this. That's the worst. I'm the that's loser the in this. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, this segment's all over the road. We got let read another question, Mikey. Then uh, and all right, we're we're an all over the road type podcast. Oh, that's that's what's good about us. We don't have any real formality here. We're a free flowing, free spirited show. So we got Megs Megs Corbin. Who asks would a new slash better goalie? What's up, Max? Would a new slash better goalie really help the stars as dramatically as everyone seems to think? Hashtag All right, Hamilton. All right, Hamilton. Absolutely, one thousand percent. If there's if there's one team that can go from a, a, a pretender to a contender overnight, it's Dallas by getting a top flight number one goalie. Hands down, I've been saying for three fucking years. I know, it's just, I always thought the Anthony Emmy was a pretty good player. Like, fuck, he's, he's had a hell of a career, but it just seems like no matter who's there, it's been a long time, it seems like they, they never get the job done in net there. It's always been an issue. Um, yeah. Larry, and, Carrie Lettinen, they put their, all their eggs in his basket. He's, I mean, he had a, came in with a, with a soft reputation in the playoffs. He's done, he's done nothing as to change it and you know in the Emmy won the cup in Chicago and he's and he hasn't been good since man I mean they're paying him a lot of money that's the problem they can't they can go out and get another goalie but no one wants to take either of their goalies at those ridiculous contracts back that's the conundrum for them listen guys though he the the, the stars are missing Cody Eakin Alex Hemsky Matthias John Mark Jan Mark and Patrick Sharp 
So that's four. I mean, that's a line. That's a line and a player. All all very good players that they just don't have right now. So I think when they get healthy, I really do. I'm maybe not win the cup. I maybe those two guys cannot get the cup done, but I could see Dallas being a very top team in the West if they could get guys back from injury and just get decent goaltending. They're going to score enough goals. Talk about taking taking the over on a team. That's an over team all day. But they're going to score enough goals. They just need decent goaltending to to really. Be the elite so we'll see what happens when those guys get back from injury not happening all right do we all want right. another one not happening uh yeah, yeah do well, let's do one more let's do one final question all right so we got jordy and his uh twitter name is yo jordy uh says stool chicklets when vanek comes back does he continue the scoring pace he was on at the start of the year hashtag all right hamilton all right hamilton no because he's thomas vanek and he'll start fucking taking nights off again that's what he does who is this we're talking about? Sorry, Thomas I'm Vanek. with my phone there, fellas. Does Thomas oh, Vanek, Vanek yeah. is he is he going to continue at this torrid pace? And I no, said no because no, he's Tom, no, Thomas Vanek. No, no. And, and maybe if he hadn't gotten hurt, you, you just ride that into a couple of months of, of being dominant, which he has the skill to do. But once you get hurt, you're not going to come back and be on a pace like you started off there. I mean, you see a lot of guys that won't continue their pace without injury. So coming back from injury is hard enough. What do you got for us, Mikey? Is there any others? Um, I thought that was the last one. I thought you guys said yeah, that was the said, last one. Said, but no, you know what? That that's actually good. We can well we can segue into our other into our other fresh segment, which which got we got some run out last week, and that's ask a millennial. Oh, good, good. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so hold on, hold on. I've I've been wondering about this. I, am I a millennial? You, you know what? I some, am, dude. You're kind of on the highest scale end of them, Ryan. I think people say like early '80s till like basically the last 30 years, you're a millennial and. I think you're, you're you're considered the high end. Plus the fact you didn't know Linda Ronstadt was last week. I, I definitely think you're a millennial if you didn't know Linda. Yeah, Ronstadt. but yeah, but yeah, but dude, you like oh, how old are you? All right, forty. Uh, I'm forty-four. Okay, forty-four. Born. Oh wow. All right. So I actually thought you were like thirty. So you're forty-four, but you're like sixty basically, though, because you yeah, like an, all old shit. I'm an old soul, bro. I'm an old soul, bro. <laughs> all right. So I want to ask a millennial. I want to ask. And Mikey Grinnell is the biggest millennial. You're a millennial. Oh, I'm definitely Mikey. a millennial. All right. Okay. So let's go. So who, who answers first? Okay. I'll, I'll ask Mikey. Mikey, who is Steve Carlton? Steve Carlton. Steve Carlton. Don't, don't Google it, Mikey. Seriously. Don't fucking Google. I'll break your fingers. I have no idea who Steve Carlton is. Ryan, who is Steve Carlton? Pitcher for the Phillies, I think it was. Wow. Bing, ding, ding. Okay, see, that's one that you're the higher end of the scale. I'm, I'm, I kind of had a feeling you wouldn't know who he is. Yeah. Dude, I know sports. I'm not yeah, a millennial. Was, I'm not a millennial in sports, bro. I believe he was a four-time Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, he was, a, he was, oh, he was probably, the, probably the best lefty pitcher of the 70s um, in the National League, certainly in the National League. Steve Cowden, Phillies. Then he bounced around a little late in his career. So, yeah, I'm surprised you know that. Okay, what what about who is who is Greta Gabo, Mike? Who is Greta Gabo? Greta Gabo? Yep. <laughs> Greta Gabo, man. I have no idea. Dude, I have no clue, but I don't think anyone under the age of fifty will know besides you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that that's a tough who is one. She? I, I, like no Chris, idea. She was a, she's an old school actress, like during like the twenties and thirties. She was oh like Oh my god. She was like a hot Swedish in thirties. She, no, that that was a, that was obviously a a, a high a, a higher end one. All right, here's another one, Mikey. What is Fraggle Rock? Oh, Fraggle Rock. It's a it's a cereal, right? 
I don't know. <laughs> Fraggle Rock. Holy shit, you millennial. Rock. You little bitch millennial. Fraggle Rock. Holy Fra- shit, it's Fraggle where the Rock Muppets live, dude. The Muppets. Oh, Isn't yeah. it where the Muppets lived? <laughs> that's yeah. not that's that's a little bit closer. You're definitely in the Jim Henson film. But yeah, Fraggle Rock was the HBO series from like the I think early eighties. It was uh these like Muppets who lived in like this like fucking scientist hole in the Damn. wall. There was this whole other world of like Muppets and shit in there. Yeah, that's what I just said where the Muppets live. Yeah. Well there wasn't well, I mean, well the Muppets are kind of a whole other fucking charade. That was a show that, you know, they lived in the stage studio on the show, the Muppet show. You oh, are, okay. Yeah, Either no, the Muppets. It- Either way, I knew Fraggle Rock. No, you would. I thought it was cereal. Mikey Grinelli thought it was a fucking cereal. It's, it kind of sounds like cereal, doesn't you it? You mean Fruity Pebbles? No, I know what Fruity Pebbles are, but I, I don't know. Cereal. I, I Fraggle no Rock. Here's an, here, one more. Ask a millennial. The Pope of Greenwich Village, Mikey. The Pope of Greenwich Village. Oh, God. I have no idea on that one. The Pope uh, of Greenwich. I don't, e- I don't either, Mikey, because I'm not 62 years old. See, uh, maybe that is that a mobster? No, uh, it's it was uh, a nineteen, I believe, eighty two movie with uh, Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts. They were like small time hoods in Greenwich Village, Owen Gangster's money. It's like a, a cult, a cult classic, but it's it's famous because um, Eric Roberts say, "Charlie, they took my fucking dubs, Charlie." <laughs> it's kind of like a famous scene from that. But Pope of Greenwich Village, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a cult classic. Right, you guys did all right. I'm I'm not surprised. I, can't, I yeah, crushed it. I crushed it. Mikey didn't do all right. He didn't get anything. I didn't get one. I wasn't even close. <laughs> to know what Mikey, we got we got to start asking him questions every week of like ask someone who isn't old as dirt. Yeah, ask an old person or something. Yeah, ask an old person. Who who are the who are the fucking Power Rangers? Duh. <laughs> no, I'd be like, no, I'd have to like ask you like. I'd say um, I'd say I'd say who's you know who Lil Yachty is? <laughs> do you all right? Lil Yachty? Yeah. That's not the, no, I'm thinking Lil Poopy from Rockton, the <laughs> little rapper there. <laughs> Lil Yachty, I don't think I do know that, no. See? Ask an old fuck. Check, check one for oh, the millennials. There we go, there we go. Let All me right, guess, boys, let me a, guess, he's a one-hit a... wonder rapper who, who has a video and then you're not going to hear him in three more years. Yeah, so, definitely. Know it no, 100% right. All right. Until so he's bankrupt. Like, when he goes bankrupt, I, you heard about him. Well, this is our first. Uh, well, not our, actually. No, me and Witch did back back before the when we were still free agents on the end. We were back on the independent podcast syndicate. It was tough, you know, doing the circuits down south and stuff. But we made it. Um, we uh, we did a, a show of a remote, believe it or not, once before. But this is our first remote on the Barstool Network from uh, live from Sarasota. So it's good to finally get this done because next week we got. I actually I got a. I got a request now with a very huge guest. Uh, I'm gonna check the email, see if he got back to me, and uh, it'll be a pretty, pretty good get. Um, that, that's our tease for today. So yeah, guests, guests will be starting soon. Also, thank you for listening. We need you to uh, rate it and leave a review for us, good or bad, on iTunes. We always love to hear the criticisms. Um, back up the, to number or two the, or the love. But we we do thank everyone, and um, we appreciate you all listening. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend. Peace out. Richmond had fell, it's a time.